Welcome back to the Hoops of Life. Hoop, hoop, hoop. <laughs> this is our little little gathering, you know, with the... Our meeting of the minds. Right, meeting of the, of the minds, right. <clears throat> I'm a little nervous with mom watching. We have an audience tonight. I'm not watching, I'm playing games. <laughs> well, we just have to... It's just like when you're playing in a, in a big crowd, you know, 18,000 people and... You know, once they throw up the ball, you don't hear anything. You don't even know that that she's there. You know what I mean? That's true. And like when you're dancing at uh, on the plaza, doing a performance, yeah, like you don't hear anything. You just concentrate on you're lost. You know, and what you're doing. That's true. All right, Dad. So tonight we're gonna talk about something that's been troubling me. Sort of personal thing, huh? Yeah, my four-year-old, um, I had to kick her out of my dance class in Santa Fe. And then on, we, I've, you I told... Her out, you kicked her off the team. I kicked her off the team. I cut her. <laughs> and so then um, I told her that if she behaved at my class in Española, where I have an assistant who could focus on her, and maybe she would think that like I wasn't the teacher, if she behaved in that class that then she could go back to our Santa Fe class as like a reward. Well, then we talked about it at the Española class before class started about how she needed to behave, blah, 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 earn back her reward. And she just decided to misbehave and act like the class clown. And it would be one thing if she told me like, Mama, I don't want to do it. And I could tell her, okay, well then go sit down. Like go sit down and behave. But she doesn't want to do that. She wants to participate when she feels like it. She wants to dictate what dances we do. She um, can't do anything unless somebody's holding her hand. Um, So you think she's a leader? (laughs) I mean, she's definitely a leader. (laughs) But she's leading in the wrong direction. She's just leading my class astray right now. Right. <clears throat> well, you know, that's one of the things about coaching your son or teaching your son. Uh, you know, she has to understand that you're, when you're in the dance class and you're in the dance class with your mom and she's not your mom in the dance class. I mean, you're not her mom, you know? Yeah. You're her teacher. And she hasn't quite made that that differential hasn't quite got it yet, you know? Yeah, but I don't know what to do because, I mean, I think it's important for her to, I mean, she's in a beginner class. It's skipping and 
um, coordination things, you know, and she enjoys it when we have performances and she doesn't get to perform. She gets really upset about it. So obviously it's somewhat important to her. I just don't know how to get her to behave. So I think that she just doesn't respect the space. I don't think she understands that um, it's a place where people go to learn something that they love. And she just runs amok and she's a real distraction. Well, I know that that she loves to dance. You know, she loves to perform. She's uh, She loves to perform. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's definitely a Roy Ball, you know what I mean? Even though she's an Archuleta. But she's got that Roy Ball blood in her. And, uh, you know, it, it, it just takes me back to like when I was coaching at the College of Santa Fe. And, you know, I'd take Dax to practice with me. And he would, uh, he would just sit there and he'd, he'd always have Mary Louise go take him to McDonald's, you know. And, you know, he would never show any interest in, in the game of basketball. And, you know, so I assumed that he would never, ever show any interest in the game because I'd do basketball camps and, of course, he never wanted to be in the camp. And, uh, you know, I'd give him a ball to play with. And he never did get the ball and whatever. And lo and behold, you know, when he became a sixth, seventh grader, he decided to, to play. You so know? he didn't participate in your camps either? No, he didn't participate, and I didn't force him to, you know. I and remember when I would go to your camps, I would go, like, real prepared to participate day one. And then by about noontime, I was like, can I just, like, make lunch or pick the pick the playlist? Because this is not my thing. Yeah, or pass the T-shirts out or, or pass yeah. the pizza out or something, whatever. Sign me up to work. You know, that, uh, you know it's just something that, that I think that she's going to have to decide on her own. And I think the best thing to do is just put her on the sideline. Don't take her to practice or leave her with uh, her grandparents to babysit with them or take her with you and put her on the side and, and don't let her participate, you know, until she really decides that she wants to do it, you know, because it's, you know, it's like I tell you, you, you roll out a football, a basketball, you, you roll out a guitar, a piano, you roll different things and see where they gravitate, you know. Yeah, she almost got skipping because she's one of those kids that can't skip. So this past week, she almost got skipping, which was pretty exciting. It's just, and then she was like, I'm done. I quit. Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, just something you have to continue to work. And, and uh, you know, you're going to have to figure it out. You know, I mean, I, if she was in my class, she'd be doing the same thing, you know, because we're her your parents and grandparents, you know. And, uh, you know, that's what's the difficulty of teaching your own child, you know. I bet you she wouldn't act as bad with Antonina, you know, the other instructor, or with Ariana, the other instructor. You, you may have to let them teach her instead of you teach her. As the teacher, I don't, because of course you get like more frustrated with your own kid than you do any of the other kids. Like some other kid can frustrate you, but you like hold it together and your kid just gets to you. And I don't want the other kids to feel um, like afraid of me or intimidated of like 
Oh, of me you. because I have to take Risa out and be like, get out of my class, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. that's not a good experience for them either. Well, all I can do is say good luck. <laughs> but, you know, th- those are the things that, uh, that you know, coaching your, your son or daughter and teaching your son and daughter, you know, when they take your class, you're no longer mom. You know, she can't say, hey, mom, you know, what do you want me to do? She has to say, hey, coach, or hey, teacher, you know, what do you want me to do? So you, you, you have yeah. to separate that parent. Yeah, she needs to bring her own water bottle instead of relying on me to bring her water bottle and her shoes. Correct, yeah. Yeah, she has to give her her little bag and say, okay, get all your stuff and let's, let's get going. Pack up whatever you need and pack up your water bottle. Make sure you have the things that... that that people need when they go to camp or when they go to practice and make sure you leave your cell phone at home. Yeah. Or in the bag, yeah. Yeah, that doesn't happen anymore. All right, Dad, well, tell me about when you were playing basketball in Pueblo. In Pueblo, Colorado. You know, that's a, that's sort of an interesting story. How did uh, you end up in Pueblo? You know, I used to play fast pitch uh, softball. You know, fast pitch softball in a in a league back over at Fort Marcy Park, and you know, I, I got to become friends with different people. And there's a person; his name was Glenn Allen, and he asked me, "What are you doing? You know, with your life?" You know, and I said, "Well, just playing softball." And I I don't remember what kind of job I had at the time. I think I was an IBM tech. You know, believe mm-hmm. it or not, you know. I was an IBM tech. That's hard the, to believe. At the Capitol. And, and uh, then I got laid off, and but continued playing softball, and then I was looking for another job. And he finally told, pulled me aside and said, hey, I know this coach in Pueblo, Colorado, and, and my brother is real good friends. He's the uh, he, business manager at Pueblo Junior uh, CC at Pueblo Community College. And... Uh, why don't you go down there and see if you can walk on and try to try to make the team, you know? <clears throat> so it was an interesting thing. I, I think I went to Pueblo, Colorado with $10 in my pocket that my mom gave me. My uh, brother-in-law, married to my sister Addie, uh, gave, bought me my bus ticket. So I got on a Greyhound and... I think it was the first time I was out left the state of New Mexico. Oh wow! And you know, I pulled into Pueblo, Colorado. Pulled into this hotel and and uh, got off the bus, and there was this great big big uh, guy standing there, and he was the coach. And they call used to call him Chief. His name was Harry Simmons, and so he uh, introduced himself to me, and probably was disappointed that I was so short. You know? <laughs> But, well, I mean, you were going for baseball. No, no, this is basketball. Oh. Yeah, I was going over there. Oh, yeah, there so he was to, definitely disappointed. And he was also the baseball coach, you know. Mm. But basketball was the reason I was going over there. So I ended up staying in his den that, that night. And the next morning he took me to uh, to practice with him. And so I started trying out, you know. And, and it's interesting the First day that I tried out, I twisted my ankle. You know, oh, shoot. And it was hurting pretty bad. But, you know, I continued to 
to struggle and play, you know. So maybe that was an an impressive situation where that he said, well, at least this guy doesn't, he's not a peanut pampered, you know. So the next day, get practice. They, they they made us everybody tape. He made everybody tape their ankles, you know. They gave us a little a little band that went around and would make a little figure eight and and then some tape and we would tape and every player on the team had to do that. So it it was interesting and I, of course that was during Christmas holidays and there wasn't any school and I ended up staying with one of the players until the school opened again and then I tried to find a place to, to live, you know. Mm-hmm. And I had like a, a little scholarship that, that I would get paid like $50 a month and that's what paid my, my rent. Oh, nice. And they had a little apartment, basement apartment, so I, I roomed with, with two other person, two other boys, you know. Not necessarily players, just... Two other people? Two other students. And, uh, you know, I, I tried out and I made the team and... And uh, the, the first year, we had a pretty good team. We went to the national tournament, I, and uh, we got beaten, I think, in the quarterfinals or something. But So the next year, we, we continued, and I was an off-and-on off starter. You know, whenever they wanted somebody to play defense on, on, on the other person's point guard or the other team, they would play me, but when they wanted a scorer, they would play the other guy because I wasn't as good a scorer. Plus, I didn't want to be a good scorer. I wanted to be a point guard that passed the ball to the big guys and, you know, run the plays, you know. So it wasn't that I couldn't score. It's just that, that it wasn't your focus. my role was, was more of a, of a point guard that, that would get assists rather mm-hmm. than points. And the other one would, would be a better shooter so he would score points and not make very many assists so we and were you enjoying playing baseball more at that time or you enjoy or were you enjoying playing basketball because you were playing both so which one were you which one did you enjoy more in college you know i enjoyed basketball more you know because uh i, I think we had a better team you know we ended up having a a, a, a really good season we, we only lost two games and we won 30 34 so you know, it was interesting the other day. Uh, somebody asked me who's the better basketball player, Toby Royball or Lenny Royball. You know? And I told him, well, Toby Royball was way, way better than I was. You know, he he could dunk the ball, and he he was a you know high scorer and and uh, you know all American and the whole bit. You know, but uh, me, I was just a role player, and I think that's. Usually the role players make better coaches than the stars because I think stars that, like Larry Bird, he uh, he worked so hard at his craft that when he became a coach, he couldn't understand why people didn't work as hard as he did, mm-hmm. you know. And so when, when you're a really highly successful athlete, you aren't as good a, as a coach. Because you expect more from the players than what they're capable of giving you, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just that uh, Steve Kerr, you know, the the coach of the Golden State Warriors, he was a role player with the Chicago Bulls. 
Michael Jordan was the star, and Scottie Pippen was the second star, and you know, then they had the big players underneath, and Steve Kerr would be his role was just to hit the open shot whenever he he could, or when they double teamed Michael mm -hmm. Jordan or double teamed somebody else. So usually the the better the the not the the role players become better coaches. You know, yeah, I, that makes sense. I don't sense. know why. You I know? think also because they probably are um, paying attention to everybody else's role as well as their own. Trying yeah. to, trying to, because when you're, when you're naturally talented at something, you do what you do, right? But, Where when yeah, that's your job. You yeah, know, you're supposed to score. You know, and you do what you do because you're obviously good at it. Like God just gave you that gift. Where when you're a role player. Maybe you're you're watching what this guy does, and you're watching what this guy does, and you're watching what this guy does, and taking the best parts of that to develop your own skill. Because God didn't give that to you; you have to develop it, right? That's true, you know. So Earlier, we were watching 1883. 1883, the movie, the cowboy. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, my, and my. they said um, he told he gave him the horse, and he told him, um, for him to give you his heart, you have to run him. And I yeah. thought of you when I went to practice during tryouts w with you one time. Uh -huh. And I was like, shoot, my dad was trying to have them give, give him their heart because he had him running and running and running. Yeah, I guess that's part of the, part of the process, you know. Maybe and, that's and, the secret. And, and, and I think that's terminology that, that a coach can possibly use, you know. And, the, you know, the, like I had a couple of players at Española Valley that, they just didn't like to run. They didn't like the the conditioning part of of, of the program, mm -hmm. you know. And and so uh, he quit on me, you know, because he just didn't want to want to run. And he was a really good player, but uh, and he could have really helped us possibly win a state championship instead of not lose, not winning it. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, he made that decision, and and looking back, I say, well, maybe. I should have, you know, you know, had had a different conditioning. Uh, no, I think that you do what you do. You know? I think that but, like certain know. things work for certain reasons, and um, if you don't want to do the conditioning, that's like that's like somebody telling me like I don't want to do footwork. Well, you have to do footwork to speed up your footwork to become a better dancer. Like yeah, and you have it's to not do really it an option. A, you have to do it at a slow pace to begin with, and. Then increase it as you get better until you finally mm -hmm. get it and then, you can do it fast. And know? then whether you can do it fast or you can do it slow, you have to also have timing, right? Well, yeah, that's the, the fundamentals of dance, you know. You can't step on your girlfriend's toes. Yeah. All right, well, we better call it a night because you wanted to keep this to 20 minutes, and I think no, we're... We're going over. We're going, going over. Again. Yeah, well... You know, to make a long story short, you know, I, we had some really good athletes, and uh, I had a guy by the name of Bob Warlick that became a professional basketball player. He played for the L.A. Stars back in the day when there was an ABA, and and all of the players that played on the team that were on the national championship on the team. National championship team. They all went to to college at the next level, you know, and played at another school you know which was good you know and and so some of them went on baseball scholarship and some went on basketball scholarships so and where did you go very successful 
Well, I went to San Jose State to begin with, and then I, that's when my brother Toby passed away, and so I had to come back, and I ended up at the College of Santa Fe. I was a fighting knight. All right, well, we'll talk about that next time. Okay. See you on the radio. Thanks for listening. Like and share our podcast. All right.